0: I want to get uh, into the message this morning I'm going to call your attention to the book of Matthew chapter 9 Matthew chapter 9 And uh, I want to begin reading with verse 27 Matthew 9 and 27 And it reads like this And when Jesus departed thence Two blind men followed him crying and saying Thou son of David have mercy on us And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it but they when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all of that country. And I'm preaching this morning on this thought. It's according to your faith as to what you get from God. You may be seated. Now, since this is a mission service, I would like to answer just two questions that maybe most of you already know the answer to. But what is the difference between faith promise And partners and missions. Now, you had the uh, Hundleys here Wednesday night. They are supported through uh, partners and missions, which is provided by Faith Promise. In other words, Faith Promise brings the funds into the church's missionary treasury, and partners and missions is where it goes. Now, let me just say this everybody has faith in something, you have faith in your job. In your father, in your mother, in money, in the military, in friends, in a political party. The the difference between Christians and the non-Christians is not that one has faith and the other doesn't. The difference is that the true Christian has faith In Almighty God, whose name is Jesus. In other words, it is the object of faith that makes the believer's faith real and powerful. Now, it is not enough just to say that I have faith, but faith needs to be demonstrated with action. In chapter 2 of James, in three different scriptures in that one chapter it makes this statement. Faith without works is dead. Now works is the proof of faith. Faith always produces action. Let me just give you a, a brief uh, example of that that, that happened in, in our home uh, many years ago. I'm, when I say my home, I'm going back to mom and dad. Uh, because uh, before my dad was a preacher but before he, before he ever came in church, well, let me say, right after he came in church, he, uh, he operated a, a coal shovel. And uh, it wasn't, you know, with all the uh, electric uh, uh, gadgets that they have today, but his was all by, by muscle. He came home from work one night. We had no food in the house. And my dad looked at my mother and he said, well, what are we going to do? My mother answered this way. She said, I have prepared a list of the groceries that we need, and I have put it on the kitchen table. Within the hour, there was a knock at the front door. My dad went to the front door, and there was an individual there with a bag of groceries. Dad took that bag, brought it into the kitchen set it on the table and started taking things out and my mother started erasing things off. Everything that was on that piece of paper was in that bag. You see, faith brings action. Faith brings action. Now, you may ask, well, Brother Lehman, just how much faith does it take? Well, uh, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 17, it tells us that just a small A small mustard seed faith is enough. So you don't have to have a bushel of faith to get action from God. A little bit of faith will get the results. I recall one of our former missionaries who's gone on to be with the Lord now, Brother Don Eichert. Uh, He was uh, one of our missionaries in Africa uh, in three different countries. But but, uh, it was amazing how he ever got to the first country, which was Kenya. He was pastoring in Prescott, Arizona, and uh, uh, they, they were really having revival. And God started dealing with Brother Eichert about going to Kenya in Africa, and he was wrestling with it and didn't really want to leave a, a a fire a fiery church, but uh, he began to pray and he said, "Now, God, you know, if I'm to go there, Lord, you're going to have to give me an answer." And uh, he said, God, I'm asking for an answer about going to Kenya. The next morning, he got up. He went to the mailbox, and there was a magazine in that mailbox. He brought it in the house, opened the magazine up, and it stated, Kenya in revival. And he started opening one page after another, one miracle after another in Kenya. Well, that was, that was a first step. So he knew it was God's will to go, but yet he struggled. And, you know, we all understand that. Whenever, whenever God deals with us, usually we are trying to come up with an excuse as to why we can't. And so Brother Eichert, he was praying. Now, God, he said, you know that car that I'm driving, that can't stand all the deputational travel miles that, that I would put on that car. God, you're going to have to give me an answer. He went to the Arizona camp the five, just a, 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 week, a, a few weeks later, and one of the preachers there in, uh, in Arizona came up to him one day, and, and uh, he looked at him, and he said, Brother Eichert, he said, I don't know why in the world I'm doing what I'm about to do. But he handed Brother Eichert the keys to a brand-new Chrysler. That was his answer. He went to Kenya and in Kenya, he was teaching uh, there in the Bible school on faith day after day after day, you know, just, it just takes a little bit of faith. Finally, one of these students came up to him uh, one day and, and, you know, told him, he said, brother Eichert, he said, I've just received word that my mother has died, but he said, brother Eichert, I'm going home. I'm going to pray for my mother and God's going to bring her back to life. Brother Iker told me, he said, I don't know if I had that kind of faith. But anyway, there was one little problem. The man didn't, the boy didn't have enough money to get home. So he told Brother Iker, he said, I'm going to have to work for two days to get enough money to get on a train to go part way. And then I've got to walk an additional day. And so he worked the two days and when he finally got on the train to where he was going, he was testifying to those people on that train. My mother has died, but I'm going home. I'm going to pray for her, and God is going to raise her from the dead. And so uh, finally he got to the end of the train ride, walked an additional day. When he got home, uh, his family uh, was waiting for him because there they were, he was the eldest, and they were waiting for him to come home in order to bury his mother. And he simply uh, answered, their, they wanted to know, why have you been so long? And he began to witness to them uh, about what God had done for him since he left home. He hadn't been back to witness to his mother. And so uh, he went in, he prayed for his mother, and God delivered her from the dead after four days. That area of Kenya had not had revival. But after that miracle... Kenya had revival in that location. There's something about trusting God, believing Him. that hes You know, the Bible does say He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or even think. So, so this morning, what is it you need from God? What is it you want from the Lord? What is it you want from the Lord? Now, in, in Matthew chapter 9, Uh, Matthew chapter 9 is a faith builder. I I love that chapter because all that is contained in it. You see, faith will do you no good until you use it. Now, it starts out in chapter 9. There was a man that was uh, sick of the palsy. In other words, he was a paralytic. He was paralyzed. In other words, he was helpless. And he could not help himself. But he heard about Jesus. Hearing about Jesus created excitement and hope. Now, he was sick and could not get to where Jesus was, but he had four friends who were willing to get him to where Jesus was located. Now, the scripture says that when they got to where Jesus was teaching, the house was full because of the press. Now, that doesn't mean because of newspaper reporters. It simply means it was full. It was full, but they had a purpose in mind. And they wanted to get to where Jesus was because their friend needed help. He was helpless. And the Bible tells us they climbed up on the roof of that house. They tore back the shingles. They lowered the man down to where Jesus was teaching. And the scripture says that when Jesus saw their faith, there was faith in action. There was faith in action. And Jesus simply uh, looked at that man and he said, thy faith has made thee whole. Now again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now what did, what did Jesus see with the man that was helpless and the four men that brought him? Well, he saw persistence because when they got to the door, couldn't get in, and they were determined. They were willingness to go up on the roof and there was a determination, we're going to tear the roof back. We're going to lower this man down, and Jesus is going to give us the answer. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Now, there was another miracle that followed that in chapter 9. The Bible tells us there was a, a man by the name of Jairus. He came to Jesus, and his statement to Jesus was this. He said, my daughter is now dead, but if you will come, if you will come, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. So they started walking toward Jairus's house, but there was an interruption along the way. The Bible tells us that there was a lady that had an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years. In other words, her case was terminal. It was incurable. She had spent all of her money on doctors and, and got no better. But yet when, when, when she heard about Jesus... There was faith inside of her. Now, it was just a little bit of faith. Because she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all it's going to take. And I can see her working her way through that crowd. Excuse me, please. Excuse me, please. And finally, she got to where Jesus was, reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and they stopped. Jesus turned around and he said, who to me? And now notice, the disciples started laughing and saying, Jesus, you see all these people that are around you here, and you say, who touched me? You know, they were saying, hey, there's been a lot of people probably bump into you. And he said, but I felt virtue. I felt virtue. Leave my body. And then he turned around, and he asked the question. He said, who touched me? Who touched me? When, when all these people had been bumping into him, who touched me? And the Bible tells us that the lady stepped forward. The lady stepped forward and Jesus looked the crowd over and, and, and he simply spoke the word and said, Thy faith has made thee whole. And she was completely healed. Now there was a, a you know, you see, that must have been a, a faith builder for Jairus. Because they they hadn't arrived at his house yet. And his daughter was already dead when he left. Now we don't know how long that that, that journey would have been. But uh, they they finally arrived at the house of Jairus. And uh, when they they arrived there at the house, uh, Jesus, uh, before going inside, he simply spoke up and he said, Well, the, the daughter is only sleeping. And they started laughing and laughing. And he did something that I think is a demonstration for us today that whenever we have doubts and fears, cast them aside because as long as doubts and fears are prevalent in your mind, you're not going to get the answer. But if you will cast those doubts and fears aside. Now, Jesus simply spoke and said, I want all you doubters and unbelievers to get out of the house. Get out of here. They left and he walked over and simply spoke the word and that daughter was completely brought back to life. You see, it was, it was an impossible situation as far as man was concerned. As far as man was concerned, but not as far as God was concerned. Not as far as God was concerned. But you see, there's something about, there's something about exercising our faith in God. Without, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. I want to relate something that happened in the Philippines to one of our pastors um again, you know, overseas there's many situations where, you know, they have nothing. And that was the case with this Philippine pastor. And uh, uh, they had absolutely no food in the house. And he was praying, "Oh God, we we need your help Lord. We need food for the family. He had several children. And as he prayed, the Lord impressed him, "Tell your wife to put water on the stove to boil for rice." So he told her that, and she said, we have no rice. He said, just put the water on the stove. Just just let it boil. Then he turned to the kids, and he said, kids, I want you to set the table. But, Dad, we don't have any food for the table. Just go ahead and set the table, he told them. And finally, he said, all right. Now, after they had the table set, he said, now, let's, let's just sit around. And they sat down, and Dad started asking the blessing for food that was not on the table. There was a knock. He went to the door. There was a 100 pound bag of food. 50 pounds of it was rice. He brought it back in the house. And as he he turned around and looked at the table. Where the kids had already said. Dad we have no rice. He saw hands raised. Thanking God for the miracle. They had just seen. Faith without works. Is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now. Keep in mind that the, 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 the fourth miracle there was the, the two blind men. The blind men, they followed Jesus in the house, and they expressed their need for healing. Jesus looked at them. Now, now, keep in mind, they had never seen a miracle. They were blind. They had never seen a miracle, but they had heard. And faith in their heart was, was, was swelling. And uh, they, they walked in the house behind Jesus. And then when they expressed their need, Jesus simply looked at them and he said, Well, do you believe I'm able to do it? And their response was, Yay, Lord. And the Bible says he, they were healed right there on the spot. Immediately. Now, their answer was, Yay, Lord. He looked at them and he said, It's according to your faith. Now, I have given you some serious situations this morning that needed a miracle. The one sick of the palsy, he was helpless, and he was healed. The second, Jairus's daughter, was dead, and she was raised to life. Her case was terminal. The Bible says she had spent 12 years on doctors and continued to get worse and worse and worse, and yet she was healed. Then there was the lady with the issue of blood. Her case was terminal. She had also, you know, 12 years and and getting worse and worse and worse. And then the fourth was the two blind men, the two blind men. Now, since this is a mission service, faith enters a picture. Faith promise is where you ask the Lord to give you his direction as to how much he would like to channel through you each month, to help send our missionaries around the world. Miracles are still happening today when individuals obey the Lord as he directs them in their giving. And he does amazing things. Just two years ago, uh, I was in Humble, Texas, and uh, uh, it was their first time to ever hear about Faith Promise. And so when the commitments were made uh, that Sunday night, uh, there was one man in the church there, Who had leukemia for seven years. And he had been doctored for seven years. Kept getting worse and worse and worse. But he was in that service. He made his commitment on Sunday night. And two days later, Tuesday. He went to the doctor that he had been doctoring with for seven years. And the doctor said, sir, you are clear of leukemia. One year later, I was back for their second faith promise service. And that man uh, made another commitment and within the week received a letter from the Leukemia Association with a $2,000 dollars check enclosed, with no explanation. I told the pastor, I said, I just wonder if that Leukemia Association isn't saying, look what our work has done for this man. But we know better. We know better. We serve a God that does hear and answer prayer. <laughs> No question about it. I was in Rockport, Indiana, the first time in that church. And uh, uh, there was a couple there. They, he had been out of work for 10 months. He had searched and searched and searched for a job. And uh, they, uh, they, they had been thinking about uh, what they would commit in that service. But during the service, they just felt to double that amount. Out of work now for 10 months. And so he made his commitment, turned it in. The following Tuesday, just two days later, he received five phone calls from individuals that wanted to offer him a job. Ten months looking, one service trusting, and God answered. He is still a miracle working God today. Still a miracle. I was in Columbus, Ohio. And there was a young couple in that church. Uh, they had never really heard about faith promise. But uh, uh, they, they, they thought about They heard the message and, and considered, now, what shall we commit? Now, they had been married for uh, seven years. His job was very shaky. He was expecting to get laid off at any time. But they, they, they talked with each other uh, considering what they were going to commit And they both felt to commit $50 a month. They turned it in. And within the month, he lost his job but got a better job paying $500 a month more than his old job. Which was 10 times his monthly commitment. You can't fool God. You can't play with God. But there's something about... I mean, even if you're here on Social Security... I was in Cincinnati, and there was a retired couple living strictly on Social Security. They felt impressed to give a certain amount per month as a commitment to missions, even though they really didn't feel like they could afford it. But a few days later, they received a notice from their mortgage company that an adjustment was being made on their interest rate and their monthly payment would be reduced twice. The amount of their monthly commitment. Not only that, but it was retroactive. And they paid him equivalent to his year's faith. So he ended up with three times what his year's commitment was when he stepped out by faith. As he said, now, Lord, what do you? You see, Jesus told the disciples, or uh, the blind men. He said, well, do you believe I'm able to do it? They said, "Yay, Lord. And they were healed. Now, what is it you're willing to trust the Lord for as he directs? Now, I have a a testimony uh, that that I had out just in case case we had the time to give it. But at General Conference, I received this testimony from a pastor's daughter from Columbus, Ohio. Now, uh, uh, that family is related to uh, Brother Hugh Rose who passed away a few years ago. There's a connection there. And so uh, this girl gave me her testimony stating that between the ages of four and five, uh, she uh, started giving by faith, faith promise. And she said uh, she and her brother, uh, the family, they would raise cucumbers and she would sell cucumbers to pay for her faith promise. She said we would sell four for a dollar and said we, the business grew and people started calling them. Well, when are you going to have more cucumbers? So she paid her faith promise at the age of four and five by raising cucumbers. Now, uh, she's, uh, she's a little under 30 years old now, but uh, had been living with her parents, and you know, that, that was fine with them, but she said, you know, I felt like, hey, it's time for me to get out on my own, time for me to leave home. So uh, she started saving money, and then uh, one day she was uh, visiting in a restaurant with one of her friends. And she said the friend had had been very successful. In fact, to the point that the company that she worked for was sending her to Europe for two to three years, and she had just built a brand new home, uh, like eight months sooner. And so uh, she met the pastor's daughter and told her, she said, look, would you like to rent my home? And the pastor's daughter had seen the home and said, I can't afford that home. And so... uh, uh the, the, uh, uh the business lady said, well, let me do this. Whatever you can pay, that's all I'll need for you to rent my home. Well, that was a miracle. But she said the miracle wasn't over. She said the, uh, the lady contacted her uh, attorney, and the attorney told her. He said, look, you can't rent your home. If you do, it's going to put you in a different tax bracket, and you can't afford that. So she called the pastor's daughter. She said, "Here's what I want to do. I am going to let you live in my brand new home, furnished, rent free, as long as I'm overseas." Now that's a miracle, friend. That's a miracle. In fact, I, I was overseas in Vienna, and uh, uh, for the first time in that church, and the the uh, I preached that Sunday morning. And when it was time for the commitments to be made, a couple seated there. They looked at each other and and said, well, what do you think we should commit? And uh, she gave him one amount. I I think it was like uh, 50 euros a month. And he looked at her and he said, I think we should make it 100 euros a month. Now, at that time, a euro was worth $1.57 of US. So that would have been a pretty good size uh, commitment. Well, it just so happens They turned in their commitment, and within the month, the landlord called them and said, I've been thinking about the rent that I had been charging you folks. He said, I feel like it's been too much, and I am going to reduce your rent 150 euros a month. That's in Austria, not Australia, Austria in Europe. The missionary sent me the email. He said, Brother Lehman. He said, that's a miracle. An Austrian never gives back anything. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. What is it you want from the Lord today? You know, the scripture says <clears throat> in Luke 6, 38, you, you probably uh, heard it many, many times, where Jesus said, give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And there's another scripture in the book of Proverbs written by Solomon. Solomon said this, so, uh, so, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's the key. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Now, some, uh, I've been in some churches where people say, Oh, I don't want to fill out one of those cards. I, I, I don't want to fill it. Why not? Well, I just don't want to fill one. You do it for buying a car. You do it for buying a home. All of that is material. Faith promise is spiritual for souls. Now some. You know following this service. Chances are some of you are going out to lunch. Watch what you do in your tip. Some people tip more in a restaurant than they give in the offering. Why? Hey. The offering is for this man. But. Spiritually speaking, when you give by faith, you are opening the door in your heart and in your life for great things from Almighty God. It's up to you as to what you get from the Lord this day. Now, it takes prayer. It's saying, now, Lord, what do you want to channel through me? What What do you want to do for me, Lord? And when the Lord gives you direction, and usually it's the first thing that flashes through your mind. That's the Lord. The other thing is, you know, we'll try to back off a little bit. Now, Lord, Lord you, know, you know, what you want to give? Hey, if you will obey what the Lord will give to you, you'll be amazed. I recall, I recall uh, when I was pastoring in Lancaster, Ohio, before going with foreign missions, uh, we had faith promise every year. But I had two families, two individuals in that church. After they had made their commitment. They lost their job. And they both came to me, Brother Lehman, you know, they, they were expecting, you know, I've been preaching, you make a commitment and God will do the miracle. But it kind of reversed on them. They lost their job. But both of them ended up with the best jobs they ever had. Why? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. It's up to you as to what you get.
1: Let's pray. Bow your heads with me now. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that the man who preached your word today has lived what he's preached and has observed it in the lives of of hundreds and hundreds of people. So here we are today, Lord, with our logical minds, with our limited resources, serving a God who knows no bounds. And I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ today, that you would let faith be birthed in our hearts and believing God that if we will trust you and hear your voice, that you will provide the resources as we provide the faith i ask it in the name of jesus christ amen i'd like for you to take the faith promise brochure that's in front of you there <clears throat> the worship team's going to come get ready and you'll see that there are numbers there are amounts here and you can write in an amount that's different than something that's here some of you are more comfortable making a weekly commitment biweekly or monthly, depending on how you're paid. And then you can write in an amount. And you may feel to give a one-time sacrificial offering. And then the Lord kind of put something in the heart of our church a number of years ago, that if God gives you a blessing, something that He would do that's beyond any of your expectation, that you would be willing to do that. There's a bottom portion of this that you can kind of bend off or you can make a note of that. But we're going to take just a moment and pray about this amount. This is not a pledge. This is a faith promise. Pledging is giving what you know you can give. But faith promise is in an entirely different dimension. So I'll give you a moment to think, and you may want to consult with your spouse if you're near them. Last Sunday when I preached about the issue of is ownership. I mentioned the Macedonian church. There the Lord said, or Paul wrote, that they went beyond our expectations really. For they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then to us. They gave their hearts and they gave their money. But I would tell you today that it is impossible... To separate your heart from your finances. They are inextricably tied together. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So in a moment, we're going to, uh, to come and pray. You could say, well, I'm going to give my life but not my money. That's impossible. Not the amount of money, but just the fact that you would give what you could. But we're going to come give ourselves to the Lord. Ministries in the church. Brother Hundley preached on Wednesday night. Our love for souls. Releasing ourselves into the hands of God. To be a blessing around the world. So the Lord's question to you in Brother Lehman's message. Is do you believe that I am able to do this? And as your faith is. So be it unto you. For some of you, tithing would be a step of faith. Giving to missions opens the windows of heaven, I believe, in an extraordinary way. Would you please stand? And what I'd like for you to do, you could come and just lay your commitment card face down anywhere across the altar, over on the sides or here in the middle, and then just step away and we're going to pray. But you can begin coming now. Bringing your faith promise. If you're not able to come to the altar, our ushers are going to be at the back door as we leave today. Just don't go back to your seat, but just stay in the altar area if you would. Bring your faith promise and just stay in this area. Amen You can keep coming And just stay in the altar area Now I want us to I know people are still coming But I want us to pray over this Brother Lehman I would like for you to please come and pray Over our church And over these commitments to the Lord please Lord
0: Jesus We know you're here I pray you will Do a miracle in the lives Of every individual that has obeyed you As you directed. God, we must have your help. Your word says you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think. I thank you for those that have honored your direction. And I pray for this church that you would continue to bless them, ever meet the need that they have for facilities. God, you're able to do the impossible as far as man is concerned but you are the master of every situation. You know where there's a church, where there's a building, oh God, that would accommodate the needs of a growing congregation. We feel your presence here. Your anointing is upon this service. Your anointing is upon individuals. May we be faithful to you, Lord. May we not be slack in any way in obeying your direction. And I pray for every commitment that has been made that you would provide and that it would be paid for your honor and for your glory to spread this gospel to a lost and dying world who's making an appeal. Send someone to help me. Jesus, we thank you for your answer. For we ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.